Hello everyone, this is Alex Trimble from The Alex Trimble Show, and today, <laughs> today is a good day. See, today we're gonna run it back. See, I got so much positive reviews from that Double Trouble episode we had a few weeks ago that I thought we'd try again. <laughs> so today I'm bringing in two leaders to share ideas with you. The first is Leeson Stromberg. See, Leeson Stromberg serves as the CEO of Prism Work, a workplace culture and leadership consultancy. And not only is she in that role, but again, we always bring in guests who are freaking awesome, right? So Leeson is also a best-selling author, an award-winning independent journalist, and an in-demand speaker who has spoken at many conferences, including South by Southwest and TEDx. Again, mwah, phenomenal. <laughs> the next leader we're bringing to the table will be Coy Jones, who brings over 20 years of leadership in the creative and digital media industry to this conversation. And it's just, again, it's gonna be freaking awesome. See, Corey and his team helps brands and leaders understand where they sit in the realm of the 21st century leadership and how to create environments of belonging that allow everyone to participate and thrive. So this is why you know this is about to be a double triple conversation, right? Because <laughs> these are two rock stars. And look, before we get started, I wanted to give you a little bit of a hint. I'm gonna give you a little bit of nut, just letting you know a little bit of insight into the world. At the beginning of this year, I shared that some things will be changing, that there's some things in the works. And I'm, I'm just letting you know in the next couple months, you're gonna, you're gonna see something change. You're, you're, you're gonna hear something change. And, and I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you're gonna feel something change with this show. And as we evolve and find new and greater ways to, to serve you and the rest of the listeners around the world, I look forward to hearing your input. Again, reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me at alextrumble.com. But look, reach out, find me. I want to hear your thoughts and again, how this show can better be tailored to make sure I'm providing you and we're providing you with the leadership advice and career advancement advice you want and need to reach your ultimate goals. Well, with that quick commercial aside now, my friends, Lisa Stromberg and Corey Jones. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trumbull from The Alex Trumbull Show, and I... I am happy to be here with you today because I, I got two really, really cool people here. And I and look again, if you're listening to this on, on your podcast, wonderful. Thank you so much. I love you being here. But you know what? If you're if you're one of those people going over and beyond looking at, at Facebook, you're gonna see one, a beautiful Corey Jones. Uh, again, I keep telling him like I love his his camera and he just is just looking looking on point. And Miss 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 Leeson, Miss Lesson. Leeson. Lee, God dang it again, Leeson, <laughs> your background, I swear is the, I swear it's a fake background because oh. it just looks so beautiful. So thing and your glasses, they, they, they're, they're popping, they're, they're on fleet. How are you there two you doing go. this morning? We're good. Great. We're happy to be here. <laughs> good to see you in your nice blazer. You're looking sharp, brother. Exactly. I, I try to do that every once in a while, you know, get out my, get my, get out my sweatpants, right? My COVID sweatpants. And, uh, that's and right. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. It's we're exciting. Happy. We're excited to be here. Yeah. Hey, you know, we, we've been planning this for a while. And so, I, I, you know, if you don't mind, I just want to jump into it. Um, you, you all talk about providing, you know, helping organizations create, 
good coaches, right? You know, diversity, inclusion, like all, all these things. Um, I just want to start off with just, I guess, an easy softball question. Don't worry about it. Um, is it easy? It, it, I mean, it, y- y'all make it seem like it looks easy to you. Like, is, is it easy? <laughs> you know, Carl, I'll just start if you're cool with that. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. The understanding the problems, that's not hard. Then making the change, that's hard. And it's hard because you really come down to people. We're people. And the will of the people, the will of the leaders, the will of the middle managers, the will of the employees at every level, are they willing to do the work? And what does that work look like? That's the hard part. So understanding the problem, assessing, identifying, no. But executing against that, that's where the challenge comes in. And actually the real reward too, in many ways. Oh, right. You're, you're just doing a glass half, half full. You're just that person. But Corey, you're going to tell me the real story. <laughs> What's going on over there, Corey? Well, I, you know, honestly, Alex, the, the the reality of the situation is to continue to work, be one of the only people in the room and suffer uh, in private and not do anything about it uh, <laughs> versus <laughs> saying if it's going to be uncomfortable, if the, if the work is going to be hard, um, let me do some hard work where there'll be some rewards, where there'll be change, where there'll be a difference made for people who are trying to do all of the best work in the world with uh, wonderful people aligned to a purpose. Um, how do you remove those barriers where it can be uh, fun, actually, where it can be light, uh, where there can be uh, support and empowerment? Uh, that is when you when it's pointed to that, the hard work makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just toiling along and waiting for a next day of of gruel and someone else to say uh, you have to work over the weekend and 80 hours and I'd rather do the work. I think the, the work that we're doing uh, benefits the changing of that uh, paradigm. Mm-hmm. Corey, you're supposed to be the, you know, the, the downer, like you, you and me, we're supposed to be, we're, we're supposed to be there, man. You know, okay. Anyways, anyways. So, <laughs> but you know, you know, I, I talk to leaders a lot on this topic. Again, this 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 podcast are we're here to help individuals who want to not only become leaders but make themselves better and greater leaders. And and I talk to so many leaders who are just tired. Like they 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 want to do the right thing. They 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 are pushing to do the right thing. But you know, as you and you would probably you know agree with, like a lot of the times the people who fill out the surveys, a lot of people who who stand out and speak up aren't they're the loudest ones, but they're not necessarily representing the middle, right? The middle who believe that their progress is happening. They're the ones who are like, this sucks, nothing's happening. And, and they become, they just become tired and kind of beat down. So what would you say to those individuals who, who want to, who want to do this good work, but they're just so tired because they're feeling like it's, there's no progress being made. Um, let's start with good, please. Well, let me start with, Caring for oneself, it has to start with the self. And, and care, caring for oneself is obviously paramount. So getting to the understanding why, what is driving that, that exhaustion? And, and I'll just share, we partnered with Information and the Billie Jean King Leadership Initiative to do a really incredible piece of research around um, the experience of women of color at, in, in the workplace. And it was really about not 
privileging all the problems. We know the problems. It's privileging what is not being understood or what's not what's being missed when we actually don't center our workplaces around women of color. And one of the key messages that you talk about, Alex, was so resonant. So many of the women of color have said, look, I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. I'm but more than white women. I'm not just dealing with patriarchy and, a, you know, and all of the other things and a toxic capitalism and all the other things. I'm also dealing with the essential challenges of racism and a number of the women we spoke to were also immigrants. And what does that look like? And, and I think the answer is as a leader, whoever we are, we have to understand what our team members, our employees, our colleagues are bringing to that to our every day. So that fundamental empathy really matters. That as a leader, when we look out, that's what we have to bring to that humility of curiosity and the empathy that says, wow, they're having a lived experience. I don't understand, but I want to honor that. And internally, we also have to care for ourselves and make sure that we're if we're doing the work, it's got to be work that's aligned with our purpose. I mean, Corey and I talk about this all the time. Corey just said, if it's work is hard. So it's got to be part of a bigger, a bigger mission. I'd also add just as a as a bit of encouragement, you get you started me off on this encouragement. <laughs> I, I think truth be told, uh, it may feel like the efforts, uh, the, me the messages, uh, the things, the actions that you're taking are going unnoticed or unheard. Um, but honestly, it is. It's being seen by your peers. It's being see seen by the people on your team that are leading that don't didn't feel empowered to act the way you did or didn't feel empowered to speak up the way you did. Yet they connected with you. Um, you may not see the benefit, you may not see the rewards immediately, but it comes back to you uh, when you show up in other rooms that you're not in. Um, when you, when people remember that stance that you took uh, in an email and they, they bring that up in another meeting, the actions you take make ripple effects. And so you, sometimes you just have to trust that um, it, the, it will get to the audience that it needs to um, either by, by being seen or being heard. And I would also add to that one more thing, which is with our clients, when we do our culture or innovation transformation work, we see change happening. Like we see leaders who are literally coming to us saying, we want to do this right. We just don't know how, right? And then we give them this map and, you know, it's a fits and a start. And it's like, oh, this is not easy. You know, we were just talking about recruiting before we got on, you know, we started record recording. And, you know, if you, you have to change your paradigm and what you used to do no longer works. But to Corey's point, you know, every little drop in that ocean is making, you know, a ripple effect. And we're seeing change happen, which is really rewarding. You, you know, I, I, really quickly, I, I literally just think last weekend, um, last weekend, I was recording a training with a colleague of mine, online training for with a colleague of mine on um, perception and influence. And we talked about how, um, our perception is uh, we see the world through our own perception, right? Our own lens. And if we have, we've had certain experiences, which allow us to see certain things that other people don't and allows us to be completely blind to certain things that other people don't. Um, so we, there is the point that, you know, again, as a, as a, as a male, I simply just do not see sometimes things that Ms. Stromberg, you may be going through. I, I, right. I just may not see it. And, and, and one, the point that was really cool is that we talked about, you know, we can try to teach, we can try to educate and open your eyes, but you know what? Some things you're probably just never going to see. 
Right. And you kind of trust your colleagues that, yes. that they're, they're telling you the truth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Trust cool. is a really big thing that we hear again and again, Corey. Don't you think? We hear that, Absolutely. especially around work from anywhere and, and what this future of what leadership looks like, trusting our employees. I mean, we were just talking about this. Yeah. And trust, it's tied to when we talk about, when we talk about leadership, we frame it um, in these six traits, um, hearty, humility, empathy, accountability, resiliency, transparency, and inclusivity. And when you talk about trust, you're tying transparency to empathy really is what we're talking about because you want that transparent communication from leader to team to from peer to peer um, of understanding, are you telling me where we're going? What's the vision? What's the purpose? How are we going to move forward and be effective? And at the same time, can you be empathetic to my point of view, to my perspective, and make decisions that consider me? So that's where that trust circle comes in. And it, it, it is integral to Hardy and what we talk about on a regular basis. I mean, one, I have to make this point. The first time they told me about Hardy, I was really excited that they were bringing food over. They said, no, 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 not Hardee's. No, not <laughs> Hardy. Got it. Thank you. It's for anyone who might have thought the same thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Food for the soul. Think of it that way. <laughs> food for the soul. Food for the soul. I love it. But, and, and, and to that point, though, I mean, the trust is, trust is difficult to build. Like, it, it takes so much more effort to build trust than it is to knock it down. And we've been told, you know, I respect, someone needs to earn my respect, right? Someone needs to earn my trust. But is, is that is that the accurate way to go about it? I mean, look, we live in the real world. Is that the accurate way to go about it? You know, you're talking about accountability, really. Like we, Corey talked about transparency and empathy as being integral, right? But it's also about accountability. And if you just say, trust me, but I don't deliver and consistently deliver and consistently show up in a certain way, you're going to lose trust. You can sort of start with the right, okay, maybe, maybe I believe her. But then it's like, does Lisa keep showing up and keep showing up in the way that I said I was going to and what I was going to deliver? And that's what's really key. Back to perception, I wanted to share with you some other research we had done around pay equity. And what we had looked at, this is back in, uh, in the advertising industry, and we looked at pay equity across um, different companies, companies that we actually had assessed and knew that they had pay equity, that they were delivering on their promise of pay equity. And yet still, 40% of the women at these companies didn't believe it. So here the company was doing the right thing. They actually were delivering, but the meta-narrative made them distrust the truth. And so this is really going back to how do we look at the world in which we're operating in and look at that and say, okay, there's this meta narrative. What are they doing? And then where's the accountability around this and the transparency back to Corey's point around all of these issues. So it's hard. Trust is hard. I, I, I mean, I think you've both now hit on this, this, this research component and it, it makes me, tongue in cheek, right? But it makes me believe that um, data is important, um, that capturing data, you can't just do, as a leader, you want to do these things, you want to, you want to create these spaces so your employees and you can do well and flourish, but it's not just about that feeling. You need to be capturing data to show progress. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Data 
is integral, and especially when you identify which data is important, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you want to get extremely conceptual about it, everything is data, right? The texture of the chair you're sitting in, the, the way the food tastes, it's all inputs that we take to make decisions. So where do you focus um, the data to make informed decisions as a leader, as a company, as an organization? And we think that we've got a few frameworks when it comes to leaders and one when it comes to businesses. When you're looking at the positive growth of your company, the influence that you make, um, there are five key components for your business and six key components for leaders um, that we know if you can understand what those leaders are, then you know that your culture is moving in a, in a positive way. And it's data. It's the data that gives us insight, right? When we do a hearty assessment, it's looking at these various, you know, as Corey mapped out, the six elements of hearty, humility, and so on. So if you're looking at hearty, it's data that provides that, right? And it's data that will give you insight to your own behavior and how you show up in the world. Um, and hopefully with that, it's what you do with the data that's what matters. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we can say we don't we're, we don't have any black men in our company. And OK, that's what the data tells us. What do you then do about it? Yeah. Do you keep doing the same old thing and say, oh, we can't find them? Or do you actually change your how you look and how you recruit and and how you engage? And that's it's the actions with the data that matters. So that moves you forward to that committed path, right? Yeah. Where you don't veer away and say, oh, well, we try this. It's time to, to shift strategies. Like, no, we, we set out to map, map this data and measure these goals. Let's move forward until we hit them. Um, that's, how you, that's how you operate your product sales. It's how you develop your marketing schemes. Like when you look at culture and inclusivity at your company, what kind of data have you look, are you looking at and what type of goals are you setting? Um, so that everyone can uh, keep their eye on the ball. Well, I, I got to bring this up now. Y'all keep saying that that I word. Every time you say I, I flinch a little bit. I think I'm a little PTSD. Um, <laughs> that inclusivity word, right? That I, I hear it so much. And my question to you two is where does, where's that line between being inclusive and being exclusive? I can't tell you how many scenarios I've worked with now of, um, of groups wanting to be in so inclusive that they then start silencing voices that are not in alignment with what they believe or what they define as inclusive. So then they become exclusive, right? So where, where have you seen best practices for leaders wanting to be inclusive, but, but not wanting to be co-opted or pulled any extreme direction that makes them, uh, you know, exclusive. I'll go to you first, Corey, if that's, if that's okay. Sure, sure, absolutely. I think um, the big thing about inclusivity is that you can't discriminate with it. I mean, as much as you'd like to say, uh, this is for these people and not for them, um, you're being less inclusive. So, the idea is to remove any type of barrier or hurdle or reason not to engage with someone or, um, or devalue them, right? Um, the trick of that though is like, we talk about focus and data and measuring. And when you're talking about wanting to make a difference in a particular area of your company, let's say it's diversity and the ranks of the people in your company, you are by by adding focus 
walk with me here. You're being more inclusive, even if you add, because if your entire population is 98% white male, if you then focus, that's not being exclusive in your search, but if you focus your search to a different population of, let's say, Black men or um, uh, Latina uh, women, um, if you focus in that area, it may seem like you're being exclusive, but you're really accomplishing the goals of being more inclusive as an organization because you're expanding um, the the backgrounds and and decision making and lived experiences and work experiences of the people that you're trying to reach and make your company more um, strengthen it by being more diverse. Lisa, and I want you to comment on this, but I want to really quickly add in a, a, a tad of information. So I've recently, myself, I've been speaking to a number of different um, uh, Fortune 500 uh, chief diversity officers and culture officers and whatnot. And we've been having conversations about how we're moving away from the word diversity mm-hmm. and more so focusing on um, underrepresented groups or communities. Mm-hmm. Because if you have an organization full of just Latina women, Mm-hmm. Is that diverse? That's right? not diversity. <laughs> That's right? not diverse. Exactly. It's representation. So I, I wanted yeah. to hear, again, building on what Corey would just shared, but also, you know, just that, that idea of, of being intentional doesn't, being intentional doesn't mean you're excluding others, right? Mm-hmm. I think you brought up a really important um, misunderstanding of what diversity means, at least as far as we're concerned. Diversity doesn't mean just a person of color. I shouldn't say just, but a person of color. Diversity means a plethora of mindsets, a plethora of approaches, a plethora of ethnicities and gender identities. And, you know, it's all of the package, an immigrant, non-immigrant, veteran, non-veteran. It's like it's all of the package that we need to have. The kind of intersectional humanity is what we see as diversity. Now, there are external metrics, the EEOC, you know, all these different places that define what diversity looks like. And so there's, there's this external pressure to, to believe that that's what diversity is. And we would argue that it's actually a diversity of, of um, humanity, for lack of a better word, that is what's going to make your company powerful. I'll give you one example. We have a... Um, uh, fast-growing high-tech Silicon Valley client right now, and they've hired a bunch of engineers from Facebook. Now, these engineers are, by EEOC standards, diverse, but interestingly, the uh, inclusion challenge the company's facing is now they have so many people, ex-Facebook people, that the non-Facebook people feel excluded. Doesn't matter what their gender is, what their race is, what their everything is. It's like inclusion is so nuanced, right? So understanding what actions and behaviors and choices we're making that, and we can, we can be intentional about it. I love your word intention. Intention, if you're, if you're doing something with intention with as much knowledge as you have today, and then you get more knowledge and then you do better, is that Maya Angelou who said that? Or maybe that was a misquote from Maya Angelou. But anyways... You know, that to, to, to me is what a humble, hearty leader does, because we're not going to get everything right, but we're going to get as much as we can right, and then we'll learn more, and we'll get better next time. I, I'd love to just maybe now zone in on individual leaders, right? I think we've been talking from an organizational standpoint, organizations doing certain things, but, 
you know, I just want to just jump. Literally, you just talked about Silicon Valley. Um, and as soon as you say that, my my brain thinks cha-ching, like they got money. You know, if, if you are a leader, a single leader, um, what do you think that, what do you believe that, you know, the next, in the next five years, next year, what does that leader need to be doing to position themselves to have the skills required to be successful in the next five, 10 years? Um, is it the same thing that we've been doing right right now, or is it, is it something different that you are seeing? For the individual, again, I, 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 my mind goes in so many places because we're talking about leadership of industry, but when we're talking about the individual leader, right? So team leaders, leaders of companies, people who are casting visions for, for other people, um, we know that it ties back to Hardy, humility, empathy, accountability, resiliency, transparency, and inclusivity. It These traits sound like things that have been around forever because they, they are. Uh, humility is a trait that has been lauded here kind of most recently in the last 15 or 20 years as a as um, a power skill that that leaders need, but humility has always been around. It's always been talked about as something that is powerful, that endears you to your people. Empathy, accountability, all of these things have been important um, for years, but we focused on as as corporate America on the wrong things for leaders. And when you have leaders who are more uh, hardy, they shine in times like this pandemic when people, you need to understand people aren't able to come to the office. They are juggling um, how to take care of their kids or their parents or their dog, while at the same time um, having to be isolated at home and still be effective at work. Um, it takes an empathetic leader to understand, okay, we need to do things a little differently here in order to accomplish our goals. Um, that same empathy needs to be extended to communities of color to black people when they're seeing the onslaught of people getting killed in the streets by police, to Asian Americans that are being bullied because of uh, some really terrible tie to this sickness. And now recently to Europeans and people that are tied to Eastern Europe that are seeing conflict and their war, be their, their land being torn apart um, by war and conflict. All of this affects how we do our work. And it takes an empathetic leader to understand, okay, how do we right size our team? How do we support these people so that not only we can accomplish our business goals, but that I can show that this person on my team I care about. I care about their, you know, their well-being. I care about them being able to uh, continue to interact and engage with us because not only do I like being around them, but we're tied to the purpose and they do the work well. Um, these are skills that um, leaders are going to have to have, and we know that they have them. They're just going to have to wield them and get uh, more sharply so that people can understand that I have a leader who cares about me. I have a leader who cares about um, the things that we're doing, and I would do, I, I love working with them. I love being a part of this organization. Corey is bringing up so many important things. There is this really great meme going around on social, not meme, but a story on social media where um, uh, an employee got COVID, as did all of his family. And they were just hunkered down. And he announced it, you know, in the team meeting, you know, we all got COVID, you know, we're okay, whatever. That night, his boss drove 40 miles and brought, you know, groceries to his house. And he was just saying that action has literally, I am devote. I will never leave this company ever again. And I'm totally devoted to this 
leader, this team, this, this is what's happening. The guy recovered, people took care of him. His longer story is like, he's fine. His family's fine. Thank God. And, you know, while he was not able to be productive, people stepped up on the team. One of the things that we confuse is a con we conflate being empathetic leaders with lack of productivity. Oh, we've got to give Lisa a hall pass because, you know, whatever, or, you know, she's stressed out today or whatever it might be. That's so flawed. If we understand that our employees are actually more productive, more engaged, more likely to stay with us when we show empathy in a given situation, that's the success of the long term. So this whole confusion around, oh, you know, overwork, we got to make it happen. We got to, you know, work till we drop. You can do all those things, but if you do those things in the framework of we're building towards a mission, we know this is hard, this, you need a break sometimes, how can we support you? That's when true success will be. And I think when you ask about the next five years, Alex, leaders who understand that connection, that connection between purpose, between working hard for a purpose and between empathy around how we work together hard for that purpose, those are the ones that are going to succeed and truly win. But we got a lot of leaders who come from the old school, command, control, just work, get your work done at all costs. I don't care about your family. I don't care about anything. Deliver the numbers, deliver the, you know, client de design. And it, it, that is not effective anymore. And you're just going to see the great awakening where people are saying, I'm out of here and they're resigning. So. Well, again, I'm with you. I'm with you. I promise you. Um, my. My question, I want, to, I want to nuance the humble, the, 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 and hardy. I want to nuance that. Um, Cause we talk about being humble, um, but you know, real talk, I, I say it all the time. If, if you are not tooting your own horn, if you're not intentionally doing something to stand out, you, you're not going to be noticed. There's a lot of people working real hard every single day and they're not where they want to be. So where is that line between quote unquote being humble and being confident or, 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 or standing out and promoting yourself. Um, I, I see you shaking your head, Corey. You, you want to take a first shot at this one? Thank you for tuning in to The Alex Tremble Show. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Federal open season is over, but you can apply for WEPA life insurance year-round. WEPA has been insuring the future of federal employees for more than 75 years. WEPA can be used as a supplement or a replacement for Fegley and can cost less. Last year, members who switched saved $375 on average. Apply for WEPA Group Term Life Insurance and see how much you could save by visiting WAEPA.org today. If you're a manager in the federal government, do you have Feds Protection Professional Liability Insurance? Because if you don't, you need to get it. Having a Feds policy means that you will be protected against any professional capacity lawsuit, administrative action, or criminal investigation arising from actions taken in the scope of your employment. This insurance is a must-have for federal managers and starts at just $209 a year. Plus, your agency will reimburse you for half of this cost. To learn more, visit www.fedsprotection.com or call 866-955-3337 today. 
And now back to The Alex Tremble Show with your host, Alex Tremble. Yeah, I, humility, when we talk about humility and being humble, this is not about being laying on the ground and groveling before people and saying, I'm not worthy. Um, this is about truly recognizing where you excel. That's, that's truth. And account, you're, that's what you're going to be held accountable to is where you excel. Humility is being keenly aware of where your limitations lie, of knowing that, you know, I need help here. I can't do all things. I can't do all of these things by myself. I have to be inclusive. I have to include someone else because they excel in an area where I'm limited. So it's humility with the goal of unlocking collaboration um, and supporting and celebrating the talents of the people around you so that you can accomplish the goals more readily. If you try to do it all yourself, you'll find yourself by yourself. Um, so it, you have to recognize those limitations in order to welcome other people in. Well, and we see it again and again, don't we, Corey, where you've got a leader who, who um, understands that when their team is effective and their team is doing well, they then look good and they then do well, right? It's that understanding that I think is really important. And I think leaders who are busy promoting themselves end up not really understanding that when, it, when Corey says something great about Leeson and Leeson's not in the room, that makes Leeson look a lot better than when Leeson says something great about Leeson and Leeson's in the room. Mm -hmm. I'd rather mm -hmm. have Corey out there tooting my horn than, than, than me having to toot it, right? That's where the sponsorship comes in. That's where the co-conspiratorship comes in. That's where we, we can elevate each other right? So um, I don't, it's not about not knowing your truth and standing in your truth and, and having confidence in your capabilities. It's knowing that we, we're better together. Yeah, you still got some swag and can yeah, carry it around. Exactly. It's not about, <laughs> it's, not about it's not about devaluing yourself at all. Mm -hmm. um, again, I, 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 you can blame yourselves. You brought this up. So Corey, you made reference to, to Ukraine, right? And um, I, I want to bring this up because it's, it's timely and I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about this and I want to just put it on the table because um, these are real conversations. So, you know, when this first kicked off, there were a lot of people who were just like, you know what, this is not right from across the spectrum, plus the political spectrum, the racial gender, like it's just, everyone was like this, yeah, not obviously, obviously there's people who who do support it, right? But for the vast majority, it was just like, no, this is not right. Um, but now we're, at the time of the recording of this, we're three, four days into this, and you're starting to get news clippings about, um, about how reporters across the world are talking about this, comparing it to like, hey, um, it's just, this is a real problem because these people look like us. You know, you know, this is not, you know, those, those are middle-class people. Those are blonde hair, blue eye. One reporter literally said that. Um, and then you hear about instances where, you know, um, students from Africa or Af international students weren't able to get through the checkpoints because they're being pushed to the back of the back of the bus, literally to the back of the bus in some instances. Um, I, 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 I love to hear you two speak on, and we'll go to go to you first, um, Lisa, and like how, even when we all agree that something is bad, when you're coming from a different perspective or a different place, like, again, I'm a black male, like 
hearing those things, like I know it's bad. I know what's happening bad, but for me, it's, it, it, it hurts too. Right. Cause you're, you're at a whole feeling, other level. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you, it, if you have any reactions to this, but it just made me think of, you know, as we are as a society, even on the things that we agree are bad, there are still different. We are still seeing the, these things through different lenses. Right. And it hurts in different ways. So you bring up such a really important thing. Um, uh, I've been teaching a class at Stanford on leading in the new world of work. And um, it's a very diverse class. It's a global class. And um, one of the women, uh, one of the women in the class, we have a number of African-Americans. One of them is African-American. And she was talking about that experience of seeing the journalists say this and everything. And what I loved is watching the other people in the class who weren't African-American say, Thank you for pointing that out for me. I did not see it that way. Thank you for sharing your truth. Because what they did, what she chose to do was to take a risk. We, you know, I'm thrilled that we've created a safe space and we can talk about this stuff. She took a risk and said to her 40 other colleagues that she only knows on Zoom, hey, this is really affecting me in a way and it's really, it's really hard and this is how I'm seeing it. And a number of them hadn't seen it that way. So when we speak our truth, back to what Corey said, when we speak our truth, we speak our truth, which allows others to learn. Now, you know, is it Corey's job to educate Leeson about what it's like to be a black man every day? No, that's not his job. But when he does choose to do that, I have the absolute honor of hearing, learning something I might not see in the way he's and being gift of seeing that he sees it differently. That to me is what, what we can do for each other as humans, right? I will never know what it's like to be an African student in the middle of Ukraine. But when someone points out that, hey, this is what they may be experiencing, I then get a chance to bring my humanity to that experience and go, wow, I'm seeing in a way I never saw it before. And that's the humility and empathy we can't talk about, right? And then, of course, what do we do about that? Yeah. That's the next question. So, Corey, I guess she's telling you to, um, what do we do about that? <laughs> well, I just, no pressure. I, you know, I don't know anyone personally that I know of right now that's in the Ukraine or in that area. Um, certainly just feel passionately about everything that's going on. Um, I, I cannot, like Lisa said, I, I, I'm not in the situation. I can't identify with um, the, the violence that's happening there. Uh, but there are things that make you wonder, and you named some of them, Alex, just this idea of in the midst of trying to get away from violence with other people, that there is still time to discriminate against mm -hmm. dark-skinned people, African people, people that don't look like you, um, that are all trying to accomplish the same goal. Um, to be on this other side of, and the thing that really gets me that you touched as well is not that I did news, but just being in media, framing messages and communicating how we talk about different communities. And this is a lesson that, mm. that companies can take when they talk about that our employees, their customers, the communities they engage in, all of that is important. And it's being, um, it's always been watched, but the people that it's affecting are speaking up and saying, hey, ouch, that hurts. Yeah. Uh, the way you're talking uh, is insensitive. Uh, the way you're talking about this group of people being civilized and this group of people being um, savage and unruly, uh, it's, it's terrible and it's got to stop. And 
bravo to everybody who's continuing to call it out and continuing to say, uh, when you talk about black folks, when you talk about people of color, when you talk about people in other countries um, that aren't in Western Europe and aren't heavily populated by white folks, you need to talk about them differently. You need to put some respect on their name as, uh, <laughs> as Birdman might say. But uh, you have to be able to navigate talking about our fellow people with respect and honor and dignity because we would all want it. And so, especially as reporters, when you're talking about critical pieces of information in this, in this time of misinformation and disinformation, people uh, uh, honestly trying to lie to you in order to, to not give you all of the facts, um, it's imperative to do this with um, accountability and clarity. And I mean, that's what I'd say. I think that the lesson learned for, for businesses and for corporate leaders is how they how they talk about the communities they engage with and also how they talk about their competitors, uh, because how you are play this game uh, is going to be um, refereed and navigated from all angles. So you, you better step up your game. And I, I, I want to build on that, Corey. You know, it's such a great moment in time back to this conversation around, you know, the good work or the not so good work that's being done and diversity and equity and inclusion and belonging. Oftentimes back to this point of, there is good work being done, but we're not communicating effectively around it. I mean, if, if, if nothing else, understanding the power and importance of words and how we communicate and what we choose to say and when we choose to say it, if, that, if there's nothing a leader needs to know more right now, those communication skills are paramount. And many, many leaders are afraid to speak up because they're afraid they're going to get canceled and everything. And we keep going back to be humble. You know, I don't know all the answers. I'm learning as you're learning. And that mindset and that approach, boy, people are receptive to that. Yeah, you're not perfect. We're not perfect. But we're all trying to figure it out. And, and here we are in, with dignity. And grace. We talk about grace a lot at prison work. <laughs> no, I, and of I, course, hoping peace prevails. Yeah, there. well, that too. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and look, I know we, we got to start wrapping up because I know you two are like, scheduled to go talk to uh, Obama on something. Um, Michelle. So, <laughs> Michelle, got it. I, I, yeah, Obama, Michelle. Michelle. Yes. Yeah, got it. Yes. Um, there is one last question I wanted to squeeze in here, and then we're going to open the floor to you. Is um, you both talked about, in some respect, um, leaders mentoring and, and developing those who they work with. Um, and I'd love to get your perspective on, on an incident, not a situation that you know, I, I, I heard about years, I was involved with years back, where you, you have a, a woman maybe um, working, has a, another woman working for her, and she wants to provide the she wants to look out for that, that, that woman. And she, she wants to say, hey, look, this is how the game is played here. You know, I'm, I'm here. I got your back. I'm looking out for you. Hey, watch this person. This person said this about you. Watch these people. They did this. Da, da, da. You know, she, so she's giving them the behind the scenes play so they can navigate their career. The question is, can that, can that backfire? Because if, if, you're, if you're sharing as a leader all those negative movements that are being made around, right? Can it jade that, that employee out? 
and they feel like, oh shoot, like this, this, do I even want to be here if, 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 it's, if it's this hard behind the scenes, right? And that could be for women, that could be for a person of color, that could be a LGBT, it could be for anyone. So I want to really quickly hear from you. Um, let's go Corey first and then, uh, and then Lisa, and if you want to add on, you know, is there, is there a negative to, to providing that input, teaching and providing the insight into what's really going on in the background? I think, um, again, transparency is one of the core leadership qualities. And so I think as a leader, the best you can be is when you can share the information that you have, especially if we're talking about a mentor type situation, someone that's actively seeking um, your moves, your decision making, your point of view so that they can make either similar or different <laughs> uh, movements. I think transparency is imperative. Now, how you talk about that, I think, and how you frame it is really important. And if these are challenges or issues that you're not going to do anything about, and it's just a complaint, then it's not worth it to share that. But if you're saying, this is what's happening, this is how I'm working towards shifting that, or it's really a barrier, I haven't made moves, but I need your help. Here's how you can help me do this. If you talk progressively about how you can attack those barriers and those hurdles, I think it's really productive. Um, but when if it's just a, a, a room of complaints, especially from a, a leader to a mentee or a mentor to a mentee, I think it's not the best look. Um, uh, you, you're trying to provide um, information or more data to that person again, so they can make better moves so that they're not at your age, just to get to where you want to be. They're able to get there more effectively, more, uh, more quickly. Um, and with more effective, I mean, more accountability. And, and Lisa, you want to add on to this? Yeah, it's, I want to add a couple of things. One, I don't believe any mentor relationship is just down, you know, top to bottom. Every opportunity I've had with a mentee, I am as much the mentee as my mentee is. They, I learn so much because different back to that different life experience, different place in the world, right? It's it's a it's a it's a give and a take, and I and I I feel so blessed when I have the opportunity to to mentor because I know I'm in that place of mentee. So I start there. The second thing is to that mentee. Resiliency is one of those R's, right? Resiliency is the R in Hardy. And, you know, I, look, we'd like it to be unicorns, rainbows, and, you know, ice cream and all the other good stuff that, you know. Gumdrops. Gumdrops too, right? That would be great. Um, it's not, you know? And so figuring out how to navigate the systems in which we operate that, and why those systems exist and figuring out where what's true for us within those systems and what we're willing to put up with and not, that's what adults do. So I think having that information and understanding that makes me stronger and better. And if um, a mentee, either up or down, is so vulnerable that they can't handle that and they're just going to, you know, that's a, a skill to build, a skill to build those resiliency. And so... Um, I'm all about, as Corey, you know, we're about transparency, not overly transparent, you know, but um, in the right way, not uh, complaining sessions, um, but but still, and knowing what the action is that we're going to do to solve it. Being proactive and solution-oriented is, I think, the way to operate. 
Look, th- th- I, I, I don't think we could have ended this this talk any other way. I mean, y- y- y'all just y'all just throwing this this truth bombs and information bombs. Every I shouldn't say bombs. Um, not with Ukraine right now. <laughs> a lot of advice. You're sharing a lot yeah, of great advice. <laughs> um, I, I want to open the floor for you really quickly. Um, uh, is there anything you two would like to share um, about yourselves? You know, final last thoughts. Um, let's go. Let's go, Lisa first, then then Corey. Oh gosh, that's pressure. You open the world. Oh, you know this. Hey, <laughs> um, I guess I'll I'll share a personal story. When I was in high school, my English teacher was murdered. Um, We didn't know at the time. Uh, He was a gay man and he was standing outside getting ready to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show and he was dressed in uh, drag and and he was murdered. And um, this was 30 plus years ago. And I have a son. He is now happily partnered with a wonderful man. I hope I'm thrilled that my son can be out, he can be proud, he can be partnered, and he can marry this wonderful man that he's partnered with. None of that existed 35 years ago, uh, you know. And so change happens. Change takes time. There is a speed of expectation that we all have and modulating and understanding that and also being resilient around that to me is the hardest part of being humans that are committed to change. Yeah. It's so difficult every day trying to wake up and keep going forward. And yet you have to know that that our little drop in the ocean will make ripples and will make impact. So that's kind of my, how I choose to live my life with that belief system. Um, and then uh, that's I'll, I don't I certainly want to talk about Hardy and the Hardy quotient and what we do with with leaders and maybe Corey you want to pick that thread up at all or tell your own story. Sure. Uh, to that I was I don't know I don't I don't have as much of an anecdotal story like that. I think for me uh, I really wanted to maybe impress the idea of um, you know knowing who you are being really mindful of the value you bring to the table um, is everything. And so when you do that, especially in this work of trying to change hearts and minds when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, or just creating a space of belonging at where you work, um, you have value and you are enough, right? And being reminded of that um, and, and not just where you tell yourself that, but you've got a community of people who can reflect that to you is really important uh, when you're striving to make this kind of change. And when you're talking about speed of expectation like Leeson has, because for a lot of groups and a lot of people, the expectation is high and the speed is not enough. And so in order to have that patience, um, you have to realize that you're enough um, too. Um, and with that, I, you know, I don't know how much of a transition this is, but what's really important for us is planting the seeds of leadership. We've talked about Hardy a few times. It is how we um, base the foundation of 21st century leadership today. And we have created a tool uh, to help you get the insight of where you sit on the 21st century um, spectrum of 21st century leadership. It's called the Hardy Leader Quotient. Um, it's an assessment that takes about 10 minutes, 10 minutes, that's it. And you get a breakdown of where you lie from humility, 
empathy, accountability, resiliency, transparency, and inclusivity. And you also get to compare how you uh, are or how you show up in comparison to this uh, model of 21st century leaders that we use to create this benchmark. It's a wonderful tool that gives you an insight because it looks at power skills that aren't typically um, highlighted and identified. And we know, we know that when you have this information in your hands, you are on the path to being a better leader. So if we can plant all these really great seeds, bountiful seeds mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. leaders throughout organizations, not just companies, but in different places around the globe, we know that hardy leaders will be able to make the change because they're going to be accountable to the change that they want to seek. Um, and that means that we're going to have to make different decisions, that we're going to have to um, elevate new people, that we're going to have to start new conversations. And the more hardy leaders we can identify, the more seeds we plant, the better fruit we have. So hardy leader quotient, uh, we think it's a great start to assessing your, your leadership journey. Um, and, and we're really excited to, to launch it. And if you'll tell your listeners and viewers, um, they can go to www.hearty quotient.com right. not hardy h-e-a-r-t-i <laughs> quotient.com and we'd love them to to engage I, I i don't want i don't want to correct you Corey. you said i i, th I think you said we think this will be a great tool or something like that no, we, I, know. we know we know <laughs> we know we've seen it actually not only do we know we've tested it we've seen it we've done it again and again and again and we see change happening so um, we're excited for everyone else to see it yeah. We're just excited awesome. for everyone else. It's my yeah. attempt at humility. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> well, I'm look, telling you he's great. How's that? <laughs> well, look, thank you both so much for joining us today. I, I truly appreciate it. Everyone, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you you, you might as well go on and get that get that hearty assessment. I mean, you, you've committed yourself to the journey already. Just go on and step out there and do it. You know what I'm about to say. Don't just look back reach back. If you found anything of value in today's session, don't just keep it to yourself. Don't say that person over there should have, should have been there. Oh, too bad for them. Don't do that. Don't, don't put some respect on your own name by going and bringing someone else to the table and sharing this That's great, right. great information with them. As always, everyone stay strong, stay positive. Definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening. Find us online at thealextrembleshow.com and be sure to share what you've learned with at least one other person today. Check back on the first and third Wednesday of each month for new episodes. Until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. <laughs>